Hey, thanks so much for joining us online today at citypoint.cc or on our podcast on iTunes. My name is Ryan. I'm the creative arts pastor here, and I could not be more excited for you joining us in our first of three-part series, Heartbreak Hotel. First, before we get into today's message, I just want to say that if you have a, a story or something that you'd like to share with us at CityPoint, you can do so by going online and emailing us at hello at citypoint.cc. We would love to hear from you or your story or if something has impacted you recently through one of our ministries at CityPoint. Also, if you'd like to partner with us online, you can definitely do that by going online to citypoint.cc and clicking on the Give tab right there. And we would love to partner with you in reaching Washington County for Jesus. Well, without further ado, we'd love to introduce our first of our three-part series, Heartbreak Hotel. Check this message out. The wanderer would have checked people in to this place called the Heartbreak Hotel routinely. I mean, he would have been a professional. He would have had frequent flyer miles too. The Heartbreak Hotel, if you listen to the words, he goes, I have a Tina on my right and a Lucy on my left, and I just go around and I wander around, and I just go, man, the, the wanderer would have been a professional Heartbreak Hoteler. He would have found himself checked into the Heartbreak Hotel consistently, and I, the more I thought about this series, the more I thought, we got to do something that helps people avoid this. Because I think for the, the really honest part is there's a lot of us who know the Heartbreak Hotel far too well. We just know it. And, and we've either been checked in before or, or we're in there right now and we're going, we, I wonder if there's a different way. And friends, I'm just super excited to do this series because I think there is. I think there's a way to do it that is just different. One of our staff core values, it kind of defines who we are as a culture among our team. Um, not our City Point core values, but our staff core values as we go with God. Kind of shapes our culture. We gotta go with God. We just gotta go with the flow with what God has. And, and when it comes to relationships, we actually think if you go with God in the very relationships that you have, and you put him first, you put him in the first place, and you kind of submit to what he says you should submit to, and you go with him, that you can avoid this heartbreak hotel. So we're just super excited about it. Now, um, I kind of pumped up because I'm actually starting to feel like I have a little bit of authority when it comes to relationships because Carrie and I are celebrating 10 years this July. 10 years. I mean, yeah, you're golf clapping because you don't know what it's like to be married to me. All right, so this should be like a roar and you're like, no way, she made it 10 years with you. And, uh, and I guess I'll get there in July, hopefully. And so, but we're, I'm starting to feel like, man, what were the very things that we're doing? What are the things that, that kind of cause us to have what we have today? A, a great relationship. Four kids later, we're still madly in love. I mean, what are those things? I can actually remember dating and, uh, and having some of the things that I was looking for be found in Carrie. And what were those things? And, and I'm sure you're going, well, I know what it was for you. She was looking for a hot rod man, you know, who's awesome. And she found it, man. She found it right in me. But there were some, sort of some intangibles that we both said, you know what, we got to have these things if we're going to pursue each other. Now, I can actually remember uh, really clearly having the DTR, and at the time we didn't call it that, it was the define the relationship talk where you kind of said like, we're dating now, or, or are we not, are we boyfriend and girlfriend yet, or, or are we just kind of friends, and I remember kind of you know, bringing up this subject with Carrie, and some of you maybe heard this before, but I remember going up to her and going, hey, my mom's been wondering, 
uh, what I should call you. What do you think? You know, girlfriend or friend? Like, which one? <laughs> like, it's my subtle way of kind of like, which is it? And she goes, I don't really care what you call me. I was like, thanks a lot for that, Bonnie. Things were so much easier with relationships back in junior high when I used to just handwrite these notes. I'll see if I can put it on the screen for you. Do you like me? Yes, sir, no. Just check one and then give it back to me, and I'll know if we're in good shape. But how do you know nowadays who to look for? How do you know what qualities to develop if you're going to check out of or avoid the heartbreak hotel? Well, today, that's what I want to do. If you're single or dating, I think this is going to be so helpful for you. If you're married, these are qualities that I think you got to continue to develop in your own life, qualities that are essential. So if you're a note taker, you can pull this out in your program. Uh, the first quality to develop, to help you avoid checking into the heartbreak hotel, if you're a note taker, you can jot this down, is godly character. Godly character. Godly character is absolutely essential. We actually spent one of the first weeks of 2017 talking about growing character in our lives. Growing this thing in our life. Well, godly character is essential if you actually want to have a relationship that is intentional with each other. Godly character. To help us out, kind of navigate through these principles, I want to introduce you to a husband and a wife, a relationship that is found in the Bible in the book of Song of Solomon, or Song of Songs, depending on what version you have. And their relationship starts off with this woman complimenting this man on his character, his godly character. Here's what it says in chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. She starts off by saying this, kiss me and kiss me again. Man, I love it when Carrie tells me that. Hey, tell him, kiss me and kiss me again. Kiss me with some fierce I'm like, yeah, baby, let's go. And, uh, she should tell me that more often, actually. But she goes, this lady goes on to say, your love is sweeter than wine. And she says, how pleasing your fragrance and then I want you to help me out to say these next two words, your name. So on the count of three, I want you to say your name. How pleasing is your fragrance, your name. Your name is what? I just found this so fascinating. Your name is like the spreading fragrance of essential oils. Never mind, it's scented oils, it's scented oils. No wonder all the young women love you. But what I want you to catch is she highlights not his abs or his biceps. She says your name. She says, your name is the very thing that draws all these women to you. Your name is the very thing that spreads, that I'm so drawn to. And friends, I think you could associate his name with his character. And I wonder how many of you are in the room right now and you're going, hey, if I were to write out what my name means, what my, the character of my name, if we'd go, oh, there's some work that needs to be done. This, this woman is in this relationship with this guy, and, and I'll just remind you one last time, she is drawn to his character. She's drawn. And so I got a question that I wrestled with all week long going, what does it take to develop godly character? I mean, how do you do this? What are the things that you can do to grow character in your life? Well, friends, for me, it's pretty simple. I go, you got to spend time with God. If you want to grow godly character, then you better start spending time with God. You better spend 15 minutes with God as routinely as possible. I call it 15 minutes a day. And it's, it's in those moments, just so you know, where I find my character being sharpened. I find my integrity being refined. I've, I find who I am and I'm going, oh God, if you have something for me, let me just, let me, let me spend some time in the word, let me spend some time with you and have an open journal and just go, God, what are you doing in me that I can grow? And so let me just kind of share with you real vulnerable what happened a couple days ago. I was reading this, this Bible reading plan that we put in here at the beginning of every month and on day seven, 
was Genesis 41. And here is my reading. I took a screenshot on my phone when I was reading through, and it's this story of, of uh, Pharaoh and Joseph. This is an Old Testament story, and, and Pharaoh has called Joseph in to have him interpret a dream. And Joseph's like, I don't know what to do with your dream. And he literally says this. He feels a little overwhelmed, but he says, it's beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied. He says, basically, king, you know, Pharaoh, what you've asked me to do, I don't have enough strength to do it. He goes on to say, but God can. God can tell you what it means, and it'll set you at ease. Now, to you, you might go, that doesn't really grab me. In that moment, a couple Mondays ago, I remember just sitting there going, I am feeling the weight and the responsibility of everything that we're doing as a church. A growing staff, you know, reaching more people, and I just remember being at a spot going like, I think we need to pull up our bootstraps even more, and we need to work harder, and we need to go, and, and then I kind of felt this overwhelming sense, but man, I'm not good enough, and then I remember reading that text going, man, that's exactly what Joseph felt like. Uh, it's beyond my power to do what's in front of me, but God can, and I had this moment between me and God where he just reminded me, hey, Tone, just let's get this real clear. This has never been about you. This has always been about him. And that assurance can put me at ease. I can go, good. It's all about you. I don't have to sweat it. I can work hard and I can do my part, but God's got to show up. It was a big moment for me. It was a reminder of my character. And, and so, again, you might have a different response with God, but for me, if I don't leverage time alone with God, in the morning is my rhythm. Yours might be at night or over the lunch hour, but if I don't, I miss out on developing this godly character. I miss out on my name being sharpened and becoming a man of integrity. Now, the second way that I think we develop godly character is by spending time with godly people, hanging around some people who actually sharpen you rather than you know, cause you to jeopardize some of your morals and your integrity. So hanging around people, that's why we do life groups, that's why we try and foster friendships here, is because we think if you start rubbing shoulders with some people who are like-minded, godly character is a byproduct of it. So we get really excited about that. Spending time with God, spending time with godly people, and here's something that just for singles, okay? Because I've heard this before, and maybe you've heard this before, and you're out of coming out of your own mouth, is, hey, why do I continually, continually attract the wrong person? I mean, I don't know what's up with me, but I just, I, I routinely, you know, end up dating a bum, or I routinely end up dating somebody who's just not right for me, and I would just lean in and ask you this question, what type of bait are you using? I mean, who are you? What type of character do you have on display when you're starting these relationships? Because I think far too many people miss out on this basic truth that like attracts like, that you're attracting the people who are similar to you. Actually, there's a pastor down in Atlanta, Georgia, named Annie Stanley, who says it this way. He says, become the person you're looking for is looking for. And I think it boils all back down to this idea that we gotta develop godly character. Because if you don't want to check into the Heartbreak Hotel, godly character, making sure that God's in first place in your life is the very way to assure that you are going to pursue him and that you're going to look for somebody else who's pursuing him as well. Developing godly character is just huge. Now, the first thing we do is develop godly character. The second thing we do is we lean into this idea of growing trust. You can jot that down. Growing trust. I think we all know that trust is a big deal in relationships, 
Trust is huge. It's, the, it's, it's this idea that, man, if I'm vulnerable with you, can I trust that you will handle the information well? Can I trust you with the very things that are on my heart? And I'll just make a side note to reemphasis number one, is that you can trust people with godly character. Someone, it doesn't mean that they're gonna be perfect all the time by any means, but their character is tested. Their character has roots in a God who they're submitting to. And so you starting a relationship, it should be a no-brainer that you go, I want somebody who is developing godly character. And more than likely, that's a person that you'll be able to lean into and trust. So we're gonna watch this couple move from this idea of her being so excited about his name to her stepping out in her insecurities and being vulnerable with this man. Listen to what she says in verse six. She says, don't stare at me because I'm dark. She says, don't don't look at me. I'm a little insecure about my skin tone. She says, the sun has darkened my skin. My brothers were angry with me. They forced me to care for their vineyards so I couldn't care for myself, my own vineyard. She's saying, hey, don't stare at me, I'm sunburned. She said, I, I, my skin isn't as you know, clean as, I, as I'd want it to be, and I know that doesn't really make sense for us. I mean, uh, a lot of women spend money to get their skin darker, and, and I'll just, I'm not even ragging on you, because that feels really good, to sit in the thing, ding, you know, like, it's awesome, especially in the winter, I, I don't mind it, it's a pretty good feeling. But, but it's a different context here because what she was saying was, I'm, a, I'm in lower class. Because in that context, if you had to work outside in the vineyards, it meant that you were just in a lower, in a lower class. And so she's going, don't look at me. My skin is revealing that, hey, it's not beautiful to her standard and to the standard of that area. And she's going, can I trust you with my physical insecurities? And isn't it true in relationships? That if we want to have a relationship that doesn't check into the Heartbreak Hotel, that we're with somebody who can handle the very things that we're insecure about. See, trust, if it's broken, causes us to check into this heartbreak. And it's when a relationship can take a step of courage and go, hey, I'm going to lean in and I'm going to trust you with the very insecurities that I have. And I'm going to see if you're somebody who I can trust with. Is that going to happen where you see a relationship either go forward or stop? And so the question for you singles in the room is are you somebody worth trusting? Are you dating somebody who's trustworthy for those of us who are married? This is not something that we can get lax on. Because the truth is when it comes to relationships, and we all know this, is that it's, it's a little bit easier to, to express your insecurities about your body first. I mean, hey, I, I feel overweight, or I don't feel, um, I don't feel like my body image is where it's at, or maybe I don't feel as good about my physical, intel- like all these things. Physical is maybe the first step that we take, and then what happens after that if there's a relationship that is built on trust is you start to reveal the much more deeper sensitive issues. And I'm telling you what, when you can have a relationship that has growing trust, you'll see that a couple thrives in those moments. So again, I'll just ask you, are you someone who 
is trustworthy. Now this goes far beyond just a dating relationships or married relationships. This is friendships too. Friends that you can trust with your insecurities. Friends who you can just be honest with. That's a big deal. I remember uh, early on, I guess it's still kind of early. I'm still a young dad. But I remember having like our third daughter, three in a row, and hanging out with Carrie's brothers, you know, Carrie's brothers, and then kidding around with me going, yeah, you're a total girly dad, man. You're just a really good girl dad. And I'm like, shut up. No, I'm not. I'm a, I'm a guy dad too, you know? And they're like, no, you're just kind of girly. You look at all your girly dads. And I, I remember driving home, kind of just feeling like, oh, I either want to kick them right in the manhood or just something, you know, like, and, and just kind of showing up to work the next day. And I remember Sam kind of looking at me like, what's up with you? I was like, well, you know, Carrie's brothers call me girly dad. <laughs> and, then, and he goes, stop it. And he goes, you want to know what I was told? He's like, I, I've always been told that, that God entrusts uh, girls to dads who can handle it. And I was like, well, you're right about that. You know, you're right. That's right. Like, I can handle it. I can handle four of those babies, you know. And, and he's bonkers on that. But what he was doing, just so you know, as a friend, he was taking the very insecurity that I had and he was loving it away. He said, you know what? You were vulnerable with me about the very things that were on your heart. And as a friend, and this happens in dating and in marriages as well, when we get vulnerable about the things that are sensitive to us and the one that we are dating or in a relationship, if they can take them and love them away, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing that I think marriages and relationships thrive on when there's growing trust. Trust, just so you know, is tested in relationships when insecurities are exposed. That's when trust is tested, when your insecurities are exposed. So I'll just ask you this again one more time before we go on to number three, is are you someone who is trustworthy? This woman was asking this man, she was kind of being sensitive about her insecurities. My, my skin is dark and uh, don't look at me too much because you might think I'm ugly, you might not think I'm the right one. So we develop godly character. We have to develop growing trust. We don't want to check into the Heartbreak Hotel, and so we're going to add another thing to that. We're going to add higher standards, higher standards. Listen to this woman as she goes on. She says this in verse 7. She says, tell me, my love, where are you leading your flock today? She's asking him, hey, what direction are you shooting? What are you doing? Which, Which way are you heading in life? What are you doing with your standards? She says, where will you rest your sheep at noon? Where are you setting up shop? What are the things that are most important to you is what she's saying. For why should I wander like a prostitute among your friends and their flocks? You know what she's asking? She's going, do you have high standards? She said, are are you going to lead me somewhere that I shouldn't be? I want to know where you're going so I know if I should go with you. This woman was going, hey, do you have higher standards? Are you someone who is pursuing godly character? Are you someone that I can trust? Do you have high standards in your life? Because, boy, I don't want to check into the Heartbreak Hotel later. I need to know up front what your standards are. So I'm going to talk to singles again. I think one of the the biggest standard when it comes to dating that gets just bombarded is this area of sex. Sex before marriage. Constantly, I I think we just see a trend that goes, yeah, you you need to test drive before you get married. Yeah, you need to sleep around. You need to make sure that, you know, you get some things out before you commit one-on-one. And I'm just going, if you want what everyone else has, do what everyone else does. But if you want what few people have, 
If you want the marriage that is strong, that puts God first, then do what few people do and develop godly character, have some trust, and develop some higher standards. Now, how do you do that? Well, I think it's as easy and as hard as you sit down and you ask God, hey, God, what are the things that I'm supposed to develop in my life? What are the standards that you have for me? I'll use Sam and Naomi one more time. Sam, our campus pastor, who's up here, he's barely been married a year. You know, he's just right in that range. And, and I'm still just baffled at hearing his story of Sam and Naomi as they were dating each other and then they went into being engaged in the standards that they kept. He'll be out in the lobby after this service, and if you're curious about, yeah, what does that even mean? I mean, how do I develop these higher standards? What's it look like for me to hold strong in purity? He'd be a great person to talk to. He'd love to talk to you about that. I'm actually forever grateful that Carrie and I, when we were dating, we said, you know what? We want to do our best to put God first. We weren't perfect by any means, but we said, you know what? We got to honor God. We gotta do our best, we gotta fight for higher standards and we think that we are blessed today because we've chosen to live out of these higher standards. Now, here's what I wanna do. So we talked to singles, I wanna talk to those of you in the room who, who, to be quite honest, you've blown it. And I think what happens in church world is you start to feel like you just get kicked in the gut over and over again. And that is not the posture that we have here and we can't operate like that because we don't believe that God feels that way. So what do you do if you, if you feel like, man, I wish I would have known then what I know now. I wish I would have developed the godly character. I wish I would have set higher standards and boundaries. I wish I would have done that then because of what I know now. What do I do now? Do I just sit in the shame and I go, heavens no. You move forward from this day forward saying, you know what, I'm gonna honor God now and I'm gonna move forward in integrity now. I'm gonna develop some higher standards now. And I just think, how amazing would it be For some of you to have a conversation later today and you tell your significant other, you go, you know what? I'm sorry. I made some wrong decisions when I wasn't following after God and you know what I wanna do? I wanna put God first and I wanna wanna put God first place in our lives. And I think that's the most God-honoring, beautiful thing you can do is to say, God, I'm putting you first. I'm going with him. No shame, just moving forward. Just saying, hey, God, we're gonna develop some higher standards and we're gonna love each other in that level now. So here's the deal. We're gonna do godly character. We're gonna pray that God would grow in us this ability to be someone of trust and a trustworthiness person. And then we're gonna have higher standards. And then fourthly, the last fill in the blank is we're gonna develop consistent encouragement. Consistent encouragement. We're gonna be somebody who has consistent encouragement in our life. We have to. Encouragement is so important, and we're gonna see how throughout this entire book of the Bible, how these two just constantly encourage each other and the payoff that it has. Listen to verse nine. It says this, you're as exciting, my darling, as a mare among Pharaoh's stallions. Now, here's just a side note. If you're writing a Valentine's Day card this week, do not use this verse. Do not say, hey, honey, you're like a horse to me. You know, like, I think you might get slapped. But this guy was saying, you know what you're like? You're as exciting, you're as special as a mare, as the prized horse. You're as special as the best horse in Pharaoh's uh, horses that lead his chariots. He's going, you know what? You might think 
You're ugly. You might not think that you're special, but to me, you're the best of the best. You're the cream of the crop. You're everything. And he encourages her in her insecurities. He says, no, 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 you're the best. You're the cream of the crop. You're everything. And you see her start to light, or start to light up inside. And we'll see that in chapter two here in a second. But I'm telling you, this is so huge for relationships. I can remember getting my first job in youth ministry almost a decade ago now and stepping into a job where I didn't make a ton of money and the apartment that we could afford was a $400 apartment uh, on the second level of the town square right here in Washington. And I remember just like going, oh man, there's mice that would run around, there'd be bats that would be screeching almost you know, every other night. And, and I remember just constantly going, oh Carrie, did you make the right decision? Like you could have easily married some hot rod doctor. You know, like you could have easily had some business owner who was just like raking it in. And I just remember her time and time again, just telling me, I'm crazy about you. I could care less where we live as long as I'm with you. I could care less about how much you make. I believe God has a calling on your life. And what she was doing in those moments is she was encouraging me. She was, she was taking the insecurities that I had and going, we're washing those away. I am in with what God has called us to do. I am for you. So what are we gonna do? If you're single, you're gonna develop godly character. If you're married, you're going to say, hey, I, I've got to pursue this in my life. I've got to have this thing develop more and more. I'm going to add growing trust. I'm going to make sure that the person that I'm with is someone who is trustworthy, that I can see myself continuing on. Then I'm going to develop higher standards. I've got to. I'm going to keep on asking God, what are the things that you want me to do? What are the standards that you want me to keep? And then I'm going to provide consistent encouragement. Why? Because the Heartbreak Hotel, friends, it hurts too bad to go. It's no good. Nobody wants to be there. And so here's what happens. Here's what happens. I love the result. I love what happens because of this couple who are doing these foundational things that were going to lead to a great marriage. What happens is chapter 2 happens. And we see this woman go from somebody who is insecure to a woman who feels special. The result of what this guy did made her feel special. I want you to listen to what Song of Songs chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 says. She says, I am the lily of the valley. She says, like a lily among the thistles. He's saying this back to her, is my darling among young women. Now that is pretty good. You could write that down in your love note this Tuesday. You're like a lily among thistles, baby. You want to know what he was saying to her? He's saying, you know what? You want to know who I really think you are? I think you're something special. And I love that chapter one, we have a woman who feels insecure. Chapter two, we have a woman who feels special. Because there's a man. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to love away your insecurities. I'm going to be the one who pursues godly character. I'm going to develop trust and encouragement. How good would that be? If you had this feeling of special, she goes, hey, I used to wonder if I could step out in front of people. Now I know I'm the lily among the valley. I am the lily amongst the thistles. 
And the second thing she feels is she feels secure. She feels a sense of security. Listen to verse 3. It says, like the finest apple tree in the orchard. She's saying this to his guy, to her guy. She says, like the finest tree in the orchard is my lover among the other young men. She's like, man, I want to eat up his apples. I want to go after him. She says, I sit in his delightful shade. Sit in his delightful shade and taste his delicious fruit. I'm telling you. The word delightful shade is so significant because we find a girl who has a breakout moment. The, the very woman who is insecure about her skin being sunburned is now saying, you know who I sit underneath? You want to know who provides for me? You want to know who shelters me? It's the very man that God has given me. So I not only feel special, I feel safe. I not only feel like I am the lily of the field, I feel secure. And I'm telling you what, in a dating relationship, if you can have that, you go, I have the world. In a marriage relationship, if you can get to the spot where your spouse makes you feel special and secure, it's the goods. But how does that happen? It doesn't happen until you see a guy and a woman who has godly character. Until you see a relationship that has growing trust, consistent encouragement, and higher standards, you get the special and the security when those things happen. Now, all that aside, I want to talk to the guys for just a few seconds before we wrap up. I believe God is calling each of one of us to be three things for the women in our lives. I think he's calling us to be their pastor. And you might go, no, 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 that's your job. And I go, no, 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 it's actually your job. And what I mean by that is God asked you as the man to be the spiritual leader of your house. To go, hey, we're a go-to-church family. That's what we do. We're a 15 minutes with, day, uh, with God family. That's just who we are. And you lead your family. God is going, you do that. That's what I'm inviting you to be a part of. We are a family that puts God first. That's who we are. And as you do that, I'm telling you what, good things are in store. He says, you're their pastor. You're their provider. Doesn't mean you have to make more money. It means that you say, you know what? I'm going to make sure that our home is provided for. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be the one who busts it. I'm going to make sure that my family is secure and taken care of. You're their pastor. You're their provider. And not only that, you are their protector. You're their protector. And here's what I mean about it. It's one thing to be a guy who feels... I, mean, I got to make sure I can protect my wife. Uh, it's less about that. You protect the insecurities. You protect the very feelings that she's vulnerable in. And you hold the responsibility of being someone who she can trust. You're the shade that she can go under when she feels like her skin is too burnt to show herself in public. You go, you can rest underneath me. I love you and I'm here for you. Friends, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads, and we're going to ask God to maybe reveal to us in these next few moments which areas that he'd invite us to work on so that we can avoid checking into the Heartbreak Hotel, which areas that we can get a little bit clearer on so that we don't ever even check into it at all. Is it, is it godly character? Are you here today and you're going, you know what? Maybe for the first time, I've even realized that that's what I want. I need godly character. I need this character. I need my name to be associated with who God would have me to be, not just what culture says. Is that you? 
How about trust? Are you somebody who's trustworthy? Is that the very thing that God would say? I need you to work on that. I need you to develop the integrity of being a trust, trusting person. How about higher standards? Maybe you're in the room and you're single and you're going, hey, I want to start dating. Or maybe you're dating and you go, oh, I think we need to, we need to develop these higher standards. What God would want us to do. And encouragement. Friends, I'm excited for, for you to take a step of faith in these areas. I want to pray before we sing. God, thank you so much for the day. Thanks so much for this couple that we can look at and, and see these truths that are coming through in their relationship. God, I just pray for the men in this room that you would encourage us to lead, to be strong, and to put you first. I pray for the ladies in the room that we would that we'd find our love ultimately in you, God, and that we would find our security in, in the God who's crazy about us. Jesus, I just pray for everybody in this room that, that the standards of purity would increase in us, that we would we'd fight back at the notion that we just laugh at the casual sexual references where lacks in purity and pornography, that we'd say, no, 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 not in this home, not in our lives, we'll develop higher standards. And then God, I just want to pray for all the relationships and ask that, that these relationships that are part of this church would be ones of consistent encouragement, ones where spouses and, and relationships go, oh, I, I, I feel encouraged, I feel a sense of, of joy because of the very person God's brought in my life. So God, would you use that in a special way? We pray this in your name, amen.